Good afternoon, America. Welcome to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are happy to have you on board today. And there's a lot to go over. Uh, We've got homeschool news. We've got public school news. We've got Democrat Party news. We've got a Marxist update to provide you with. I'm not even sure where to begin. And we definitely have to get to history class today. Got to have another history class. Third segment. I think segment number three, we will find our way into history class. Where to begin? Let's let's start with homeschool news. Uh, I, I know some of you out there, many of you out there, this is your, your passion. You, you are currently homeschooling, or maybe you currently want to homeschool. You know, in, maybe you're in a position where, where you're looking into it. Well, the, I think that the first step, the first thing that you've got to do is you know, look at the laws in your state. Here in Michigan, uh, we, you know, gratefully for homeschool families, there is not uh, a lot of restrictions. There are not a lot of requirements. Families can can homeschool and, you know, do so really with without a lot of interference from, from government officials. But not every state is like that. So it's important that uh, you check with with the laws of your state, a great spot, um, a great starting point for that is to uh, get a hold of the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. Uh, this is a, a law firm that is dedicated themselves to helping homeschool families. Uh, and they have an article that's out you know, just a couple of days ago, and they're giving an update on a situation in Kansas. So if you live in Kansas, um, you know, know your laws. Know your laws anywhere, really. Uh, This article is about a Kansas family who, you know, wanted to homeschool. uh, And so they decided to pull their child from from public school. But they received uh, what the article says is an alarming message from their local public school, you know, in, in reference to their special needs student, all right? This family's got a special needs child. They felt like things weren't happening to the level that they that they felt like the education, you know, should be happening at. And so they, they, they talked about it, and they're going to homeschool. Uh, the article says the message they received said they were legally obliged to continue special needs services and therapies prescribed by specialists working with the school. Bum, bum, bum. You parents, mm-mm, you have to continue your special needs, you know, child's education here in the public school because there are services and therapies that were prescribed by specialists. Mm, sp- specialists, people that know more than you. Now, you know, there, there's probably, you know, possibly some truth to that statement, that there are specialists, uh, you know, about particular things that know more than we know. And, you know, the, I'm sure they, they know perhaps more about, uh, you know, what it takes maybe to educate a special needs child. But to demand that the parent has to continue with these services and therapies that are prescribed by the specialists 
that the parents are obliged to do this. You know, the parents can't just take, you know, Johnny or, or, or Susie home and, and, and homeschool them because, well, the parent might not be providing everything that Johnny and, and, and Susie need. Hmm. Um, so Kansas says, sorry, uh-uh, you're obliged. You, you must continue these services and therapies. Uh, this is, you know, parents, we have to pay attention. We have to, uh, we have to come prepared, right? We have to come to the fight prepared. The letter also threatened the parents with truancy charges. An investigation by the State Department of Children and Families or a report to the county prosecutor if they did not comply. This sounds like Germany. This sounds like the, uh, the family that wanted to homeschool in, in, in Germany, the uh, uh, what's their name? Ranka, Ranka. I, I don't I don't remember their, their their names, but I mean we've talked about them at length here. I should remember their names. I've talked about them so much. Matter of fact, it was the uh, the Homeschool Legal Defense Association who's involved in their case. It, this is what it sounds like. Kansas says, no, you your child has to continue with these services and therapies prescribed by the specialist, and if you don't, we're going to level you with truancy charges, and then an investigation by the Department of Children and Families, and then a report to the county prosecutor. You better comply with our demands, you lowly family who just wants to uh, self-educate your special needs child. How dare you thinking that you that you lowly peasants know how to educate your, your student who has special needs. Mm. So here's a, a quote from one of the uh, staff attorneys from the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. Amy uh, Buckmeyer, uh, I think maybe Buckmeyer. Here's what she says, quote, it doesn't matter who you are or how great an education you provide your child. Getting that kind of message from a school is frightening. It, it, it could be right that they're going to uh, refer you to the county prosecutor for prosecution just because you want to homeschool your child in Kansas who has special needs. Buckmeyer quickly resolved the crisis by explaining to the district officials that the family did have a plan to continue to provide for their students' special needs. Oh, so they're not buffoons. So, what? wait, 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 wait. You mean to tell me that the mom and dad here, they're not actually morons? Oh, okay. Oh, they actually do have a plan? Oh, okay. So they've actually, you know, put some thought to how they, they lovingly want to educate their child. Oh, well, okay. I guess if they're not morons. This is ridiculous. She quickly resolved the case by explaining to the to the educational overlords in charge. That's right, the educational overlords that demand that you follow what our specialists say. Uh, she resolves the crisis by telling them, "Hey, you know, there's a plan here. The, the parents got it covered. Uh, they did have a plan to continue to provide for their students' special needs, but did not want to continue services through the public school. Oh, now we've got a plan, but we're not going to do it your way. Just so you know, 
All right. We're, we're not complete idiots. We do have a plan, but it's not your plan. Okay. And guess what? It doesn't have to be your plan. It can be our plan. We still live in the United States of America. It is not the United States of Marxism yet. Uh-uh. Or the Marxist state of America. I mean, we're going to have a Marxist update here. I don't know if we're going to get to it in segment one. We might get to it in segment two, and you're just going <laughs> to, oh, man. But we're not there yet. At least uh, we're not there everywhere. In some places, kids, we're there. And that's why we have to keep fighting and pushing back. Back to the article. Despite the positive outcome, the case remains part of a troubling pattern of contact from school officials prompted by unique aspects of Kansas education law. So if you live in Kansas, pay special attention here. If you know someone who lives in Kansas who wants to homeschool, give them this information. Uh, Scott Woodruff is the director of, of legal and legislative advocacy with the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. Uh, Scott says, Kansas is the worst of all possible worlds for a homeschool student with special needs. Um, in effect, officials say we don't provide special needs services, but if you, the parent, fail to provide them, we'll come after you. No other state whipsaws families like this. So apparently there's some things going on in Kansas when it comes to, to special needs that you really need to be aware of. The article says that homeschools in Kansas are legally considered private schools, but the definition as it applies to special education is peculiar. Private school students have a right to access publicly funded special education services under the law. Because of the peculiarity of the law as written, the same is not true for homeschool students. Oh, some some funky stuff going on in Kansas. So, uh, homeschool homeschools are considered private schools, but unlike private schools, which uh, can receive access to publicly funded special education services, homeschools may not. Even though legally they're considered a private school, legally they don't have access to the publicly funded special education services. Yet parents are still required to provide those services to their child when they leave the public school system. Um, so, and this is where, where Woodruff said, in effect, officials are saying we don't provide special needs services if you're a homeschool family. But if the parent fails to provide them, we'll come after you. And so that's that's what was happening here in this case. If the parents did not provide for the special education of this student, and the parents were going to come after the family uh, via the form of truancy charges and investigation by uh, the Department of Children and Families and a referral to the county prosecutor. Uh, you know, so it was, I guess you just have to notify the school that, hey, you have a plan, uh, you know, and maybe they, they might want to see what that plan is. I don't know. If you're a homeschool family and, you know, or you have a, a special needs child in Kansas and you want to homeschool your child, just heads up. This is what's going on in Kansas. Just, you know, come prepared. Know, um, I mean, I was about to say know your enemy. I, I mean, I don't know that that's the case here. I don't think they're the enemy, but just 
you know, know what the ramifications of the situation might be. You know, arm yourself with knowledge. That's that. That's the best thing you can do is to arm yourself with with knowledge and come to the fight prepared. Come to the fight ready to go. Uh, and certainly, the the people over at the uh, Homeschool Legal Defense Association, uh, they you know, if you want to homeschool, you know, make them part of your your arsenal. Make them a part of your make them a part of your your, your game plan. Consult with them. You know, visit their their website. You know, you can find them. You know, just Google Homeschool Legal Defense Association. They're out there. Uh, we 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 love what they what they provide. Um, the article says there is also some question as to whom has authority to enforce the law requiring homeschool parents to provide special needs services for their children. Is it the local school district, some other state official? The law in Kansas is not clear. But uh, as I said, homeschool legal defense, um, you know, they're out there to help you. Uh, if you're a member uh, I mean, you can you can join the association. Uh, if you're a member, you find yourself in trouble because of this issue or any other issues. You can reach out to their legal team. If you're not a member, reach out to them anyway. You know, find out how do I become a member, or you, you know, you know how how can they help you in, in your situation? Uh, Woodruff does go on to say we can provide a flexible response that's appropriate to the family's individual situation. And um, I certainly believe that that's the case. We have talked to, uh, uh, we've, we've talked to the uh, Homeschool Legal Defense Association before here on the show. And we love the work that they're doing for, for homeschool families. And some of you are out there and you're, you're thinking about it. You're thinking about homeschool. You see what's going on in public schools. Matter of fact, I've got a public public school update uh, from from deep red um, from a from a deep red town in Ohio. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna talk about what's going on uh, here in this public school update. And many of you are thinking, um, you know, maybe we need to. Uh, Maybe we need to think through this. Uh, I mean, maybe we need to try our hand at homeschooling. Uh, you know, Cindy and I have uh, we've offered as much encouragement as, you know, verbally as we can. You know, we believe in it. And I I run a, a, a classical Christian school, but I, I believe in, in homeschooling. You know, if, if parents have that, if, if you have the time, uh, you, you know, go after it. If it's something that that you feel this tug on your heart that that you want to engage in, and, I, and we've had good families here at Waterbrook that, you know, they've come to me and they've said, you know, I, we just think we want to homeschool, and I, I, I you know, I, I I get behind that. I mean, obviously, we we miss you know families here when they say that you know they want to homeschool, and and we're going to miss them, and we make ourselves available to them for. Or whatever, you know, we still like them to stay involved. But if you have the opportunity to homeschool, it's just a beautiful thing. Uh, it's this, it's this, this occasion where, where as a mom and a dad, you can unite your family, you can bring your family together around this common cause of of education. And a lot of times, you know, the kids are like, I don't want, I'm going to miss my friends. 
You don't want to homeschool. It's my, my friends, my friends, my friends. And I get it. You know, kids need friends. Um, you know, but there's there's outlets for, for, for that. You know, there's, there's co-ops, there's opportunities to to get them engaged. You know, you know, and I, I do as as parents, you know, if they come to me here and they say, hey, we're thinking we want to homeschool, and that's why I make other things available to them. You know, you can come back and still be a part of our band, you know, if you want. You can take some classes here, you know, still be a part of art. If you want to come back and take art, if you want to, you know, still keep the kids involved on some level, engaging with their friends, you know, come be involved in sports or, you know, maybe extracurricular activities because of that element, it's it's important, you know, I get it. But but parents, I just, you know, if, if, if you're thinking about it, I just in, encourage you, you know, to to go after it. You know, I, I believe parents have what it takes. And a lot of times maybe we think that we don't, that, you know, we're not educated or we don't, we don't know enough about this subject or we don't know enough about that subject or, you know, it, you know what? Teach yourself, give yourself a, an education. All right. Put yourself through self-education right along with your child. And it's it's a wonderful thing. Uh, education should be ongoing. I mean, that's the way I feel about it. I feel like if I'm not educating myself in something on some level, and there's a lot of things I need to be educated in, you know, and I, and things that interest me, I just, I go after it. And I, and, and you should do the same. All right, we're up against the break. Uh, we'll pick this conversation up on the other side. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Today's high-stress, on-the-go lifestyle makes it hard to stay heart-healthy. Lifestyle changes like exercise and diet are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients, Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support three aspects of heart health, cholesterol, blood pressure, and triglycerides with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients. You would need to take 13 pills to get the same amount of nutrients in each gel pack. And these great-tasting gels come in a small packet. Tear off the top, shoot it down, or mix it in water. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD for 25% off. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Welcome back to The Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. You can find us here Monday through Friday at the 2 p.m. Eastern time slot. You can listen on AmericaOutloud.news via the world-class media player or iHeartRadio. Or you can download the America Out Loud Talk Radio app for your Apple 
Android or Alexa. And of course, the next day shows go into all the podcast networks, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, you name it, you're going to find us there. So uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for being on board. Thank you for being a part of the America Out Loud talk radio family. So uh, let's go into a public school update. Uh, I mean, why not? We gave a homeschool update. Let's, I think it only stands to reason we should give a public school update. Uh, A school district in rural Ohio, St. Mary's City Schools. All right, this is is red. This is deep red Ohio. This would be uh, Jim Jordan's uh, district. It's, It's part of his, it's part of the area he represents. Jim Jordan of of Jim Jordan fame, you know, just blowtorch, just, you know, gonna, uh, I mean, he was, he was, you know, potentially going to be the Speaker of the House, you know, except for a, a handful of Republicans that um, withstood him. Uh, Jim Jordan's a beast. Uh, you know, we, we, we like him. Uh, we do. We like him. Uh, so this district that's that St. Mary's City Schools is in. Um, it's an area where it looks like Trump in 2020 picked up over 75% of the vote. I mean, so we're we're talking red. This is this is a, a red district. And yet there is some training going on here in this district that has mandated it, that new teachers learn the definition of certain terms. Well, what kind of terms, Dean? Well, um, you know, uh, they, they, they teach uh, instructors how to use, you know, preferred pronouns of students. Uh, you know, they, they, they teach new teachers. This instruction is for new teachers to make sure they don't trivi- trivialize a student's identity. Now, you can't trivialize it. You can't do what, what Dean does there on the radio and trivialize I mean, he makes fun of those kids. I'm not, I, I, I said this the other day, I don't mean to make fun of the kids. I don't. The kids are steeped in, in some confusion. What bugs the living mess out of me is these new brand new teachers in this very red school district, in this very red region of the country, are receiving training on how to use preferred pronouns. Brand new teachers in a very red Ohio school district are receiving training on how not to trivialize a student's identity. Uh, The article here, uh, this article is from Daily Wire. Leif Lamahue. Leif, uh, I apologize. Lamahue, I'm hoping that's your last name. Uh, the article is entitled Public School in Deep Red Ohio Town Forces Teachers to Learn Definition of Pansexual and, and others, other things here. Um, th- this is what frustrates me. And this is why I talk about it so much. You know, because you parents that, that live in St. Mary's City Schools, you may be completely unaware of this. I mean, it's, it's Red Town America. Uh, you, you know, I mean, you're Jim Jordan's district. You you don't want this stuff in your public schools. I promise you don't. <laughs> Otherwise, you're not voting for Jim Jordan. You know, over 75% of you aren't voting for Donald Trump in 2020. 
probably more than that voted for him in 2020. You don't want this. Uh, and unless we talk about it, you don't know what's going on. Uh, because you're, you you live in this in this district and you have confidence that the people in the district think like you and the people in that that run your schools think like you and it, according to this article uh the superintendent bill ruin i don't know r u a n e rain ruin bill i'm sorry i am just destroying last names lately bill is uh you know he's not in support of this that superintendent down there um and according to the article, he's not fully aware. Um, you know, I'm not going to beat him up for that. Uh, you know, we're going to get into to my reasons why. And normally I would come unglued. You know, you have to be aware of things. But at the same time, you you trust people that are around you and that are under you to do the right thing or to do the policies that the school district has enacted. Um, you know, I get it. Bill can't know every single thing about every single thing. It's it's impossible, uh, and that's why that's why we have to talk about it here because parents they need to be made aware. And I promise you that the parents in St. Mary's City Schools District they're going about their business, they're going about their lives, and they feel confident that their their schools are 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 okay. But yet, new teachers that are coming in are receiving this training. Uh, this training, Bill says at some point in the article, um, he says they switched from, oh, here it is. He said that the training was only administered because of a switch from safe schools, which apparently did the new teacher training, to a group called Public School Works. Both electronic systems that facilitate state-mandated health and safety training. All right, so in Ohio, in, in public schools, there is uh, a state-mandated health and safety training. And it used to be done by a group called Safe Schools. And apparently it's it's electronic, it's digital. You know, you, you log in and you probably watch videos. Uh, and it switched from, from safe schools to public school works. I mean, so if you're the superintendent over there, I mean, if you're, if you're Bill, and, you, you know, you, you get this state-mandated training and you realize, all right, the district isn't using safe schools anymore. We're now using this group called Public School Works. All right, new teachers, you have to take, you know, this training, blah, 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 blah. Um, the same kinds of trainings from safe schools were supposed to be transferred over to Public School Works. But Superintendent Bill said that a module called LGBTQ plus students uh, meant to be on bullying made it into the training shown to new hires. Um, so, you know, there's supposed to be this section on bullying. But instead, Public School Works inserts this LGBTQ plus students training, uh, which, um, you know, again, is, is teaching students you know, these new teachers, how to use preferred pronouns. Um, it The article says it forced them to properly match so-called gender identities. 
uh, with definitions. So, you know, and if you, you think back to when you were in school and you had to, you know, part of the test was match the terms. So you have to have, you have a term, you know, one column, and then the next column you have definitions. It sounds like this is what's happening here in this new teacher training, that they have to properly match so-called gender identities with their definitions. Pushing teachers to master terms such as questioning, asexual, same-gender loving, queer, pansexual, agender, non-binary, pangender, transgender, cisgender, and bigender. By gender, yes. Uh, if you didn't correctly match terms with their definitions, or failed to agree with a certain uh, uh, certain assertions, um, such as uh, school personnel uh, should not disclose a student's sexual orientation to his or her parents, um, you disagree with that, or if you if you don't correctly match the terms then you're not able to move forward through the training. You can't advance through the training. In order to advance through this electronic training, you have to check the box, presumably, that school personnel has the does not have the right to disclose a student's sexual orientation to his or her parents. Uh, after the contents of the training were raised to the school by the Daily Wire, uh, this is where the superintendent said, I, I was not aware of this. You know, thank you for bringing this to my attention. Quote, I see what the training says, and that's not our philosophy, and we don't agree with that. Um, and then, you know, he goes on to describe how, how this electronic training system even got into even got into place. During one part of the training from public school works, teachers are told not to go to parents with information about their children's sexual orientation. When an educator, quote, when an educator learns of a significant issue affecting a student, the standard response is to notify the student's parents or guardians, which seems normal. That should be the, the standard operating procedure. However, for issues involving a student's sexual orientation, you must carefully consider what information is appropriate to share, the training says. So it's up to the teacher, it's up to the, to the, to the school personnel to consider what information is appropriate to share. Parents don't need to know everything. No, they don't need to know that Johnny wants to be Janie or Susie wants to be Sam. It, 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 this is this is what um, this is what I don't this is what I don't like, and this is this training uh, got in. All right, it 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 sneaked its way in there to new brand new teachers coming in, uh, not to veteran teachers in this very red school district, this very red region of Ohio. Brand new teachers who you know may not say anything because they may just think, well, this is the way it is. I mean, this is probably what these teachers are being taught coming out of college anyway. So it's just a natural fit that when they come in, this is going to be part of their training that they need to, to, they need to understand the, the, the definition of the word questioning. Um, it's not what you think it is. It's not where you have a question in math class and you raise your hand. Uh-uh. It's not that at all. 
It only has to do with your sexuality. And you're wondering, are you actually a boy? Or are you actually a girl? I'm just questioning. And we need to encourage those types of questions. We need to uh, we, we need to, to lead the student along in their questioning. Because really, does anyone know? No, none of us know. We're on this questioning journey together. You see why this makes me so mad. You see why I'm so angry about this. Because it's... Uh, there are adults in these school buildings. There are adults teaching other adults that it's okay to encourage confusion in, in the kids. So let's let's foster this confusion. My friends, God is not the author of confusion. And if God is not the author of confusion, then my question to you is this. Who is the author of confusion? Who allows it? Who's behind it? Who is in support of confusion? I'm going to let you answer that on your own. Uh, you know, asexual, queer, pansexual, agender, non-binary, bigender, cisgender, transgender, pangender. You know, these are all the, these are words that teachers need to know, and they need to know what they mean so they know how to use them. Uh, I just, mm. it says, this is, you know, back to the training. It says that teachers should first look at district policy and that it would be wise to consult with a building administrator or a mental health professional before speaking with parents. No, it would not be wise. You let the parents know, you know, what, what Johnny is saying and what Sally's saying. It's the parent's responsibility. It's, it's their right to know. You cannot lord this information over them. Elsewhere in the training, teachers were forced to mark false for the statement, quote, generally speaking, school personnel do have the right to disclose a student's sexual orientation to his or her parents. That is false. You must mark that false. If you don't mark that false, you are not able to move on with this training. And this is what's going into brand new teachers. In, in in red in, in in red district Ohio Jim Jordan's district because if they can teach the new teachers this then you know instead according to the training uh quote generally speaking absent a very compelling reason to do so school personnel do not have the right to disclose a student's sexual orientation to anyone without his or her permission mm-hmm a similar question said that school faculty could not tell, quote, anyone about a, quote, child's gender identity, but in the classroom, they should do whatever a student prefers. Uh, quote, by using a child's preferred name and pronoun. Uh, all right. Are you ready for the examples? He, him, she, her, they, them. Oh, but but there's more. Uh, Z-Zem, spelled Z-E slash Z-E-M. Or Z-Zem, spelled X-E slash X-E-M. Did you know these were, these were pronouns out there? Uh, what the? Mm. By using a child's preferred name and pronoun, you promote their safety and well-being, the training says. As previously stated, LGBTQ plus terminology is continually evolving. 
The same holds true for pronouns. Again, remaining open-minded and respectful is the best course of, course of action. And this is where maybe I come across as being rude, because I, I don't believe that is the best course of action. I don't believe that remaining open-minded uh, on this particular topic and 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 being respectful, uh, I shouldn't. Yeah, I, I just I don't think it's the best course of action. I, I, why why do you why would you be open-minded to confusion? Why would you why would you want to entertain? and be open-minded to using a child's preferred name and pronoun is promoting their safety and well-being. When in fact, what it's actually doing is promoting their confusion. I mean, if, if Johnny's a boy and she, and Johnny says, I want to be called they, them, well, you're not a they, them. Okay. You're, you're, you're a you, <laughs> you're a one, you're an individual. You're not a, a bunch of individuals. Well, I don't know what I am, so I'm going to be they, them. No, that's confusion. And I'm not going to stay open-minded to that confusion, and I'm not going to be respectful to that confusion. All right, the best course of action here is to shut it down. That's the best course of action. Dean, you're so mean. You're so rude. All right, I'm up against the, uh, the clock here. More rudeness on the other side of this break. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news Delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flu, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Clean, pure, with premium ingredients, Global Healing's Pure Plant Protein offers 20 grams of protein per scoop, and it's a perfect way to maintain and build lean muscle while indulging yourself. It combines enzymes and probiotics to maximize nutrient absorption, improving digestion, and your gut health. Available in vanilla and chocolate flavors, elevate your protein consumption while supporting your overall wellness with pure plant protein. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. 
Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. And how's everybody feeling out there? Are you staying healthy? That is the question. And uh, if so, have you included Cofix RX as part of your regimen? I know I have. And I think it, my anecdotal evidence says it has bailed me out thrice so far since the start of this school year. Uh, if you go to americaoutloud.shop and use coupon code OUTLOUD25, you will get 25% off on your purchase of the throat and nasal spray. It's a great deal, really on a, on a great product. This time last year, okay, this is this is the last day of school for us for the, for the year, for the calendar year. And, you know, we, we, we go home for a couple of weeks. And this time last year and this day, I was so sick. And I went home with a fever that, and I literally went downstairs and laid on the couch for the entire Christmas vacation, you know, for the whole two weeks. That's where I was. I was just out. But this year, uh, you know what? I have continually used the Covex, the nasal and throat spray. And I, I, I swear by it, kids, I do. So, you know, make it part of your regimen. Absolutely uh, consider it. All right. Uh, so we've gone through a homeschool update. We've gone through a public school update. Um, you know, there, there's more here in this article. St. Mary's City Schools in Deep Red, Ohio. This is Jim Jordan's district, a district that uh, voted really for, for Trump, I think, over 75 percent of the of the votes. I think he carried, you know, that many. The last thing that I'll say about this here, and then I want to move on to uh, to some other updates and maybe a, a history class. Uh, this this group called Public School Works. This is a company that's based out of Ohio, uh, and apparently it's the it's the education training company that many districts have contracted with. So if you live in Ohio, uh, I encourage you uh, check with your your school district and ask them. Do you contract teacher training with out with public school works? Because if 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 that school district does, if they use this group, then um, you're in trouble. And then your teachers are being trained in things that you probably don't want your teachers trained in. Uh, for example, a blog post from the company encourages school districts to celebrate uh, Pride Day. Pride Month, Pride Week, Pride whatever, celebrate Pride. It also encourages districts to set up gay straight alliance clubs. And you know, we've we've talked about these clubs. We know how detrimental they are. We know that they they go behind parents' backs. Uh, they're involved in really um separating child from, from parent, ultimately. Uh, these clubs have been criticized by parental groups who say the clubs serve to indoctrinate students into gender ideology. Uh, the blog post on Public School Works also says districts should adopt supportive policies for LGBT, LGBT where's the Q? Oh, you left off the Q. Uh, for these identifying kids, they, they, need to, they need to support them and teach staff how to address the unique needs of gender diverse students. Uh, a catalog uh, on their on their site includes information on gender transitioning, 
including social transitioning and medical transitioning via puberty suppressors, hormone therapy, gender affirming surgeries, and schools as partners in the gender transitioning process. So, yeah, that's this is just the last thing I'll I'll say about this. If you live in Ohio, ask your school district, do you use public school works as a company that trains teachers, whether you know current veteran teachers or or new incoming teachers? And if your district says yes, then you have some decisions to make. Uh, I mean, either you 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 fight it and complain, or you yank that child from from the public school because if they're going to be a part of that school, you know they're going to they're going to to hear it. They're they're a teacher is going to tell them at some point in time, while they are under that teacher's tutelage, that you know it's okay. You, you might want to be the other sex, and they're going to be lied to. And I don't think you should have an open mind to that. I don't think you should have an open mind to lies, to falsehood, and to confusion. I don't think you should be respectful to lies, to falsehood, and confusion. I don't think that is the best policy. And that's uh, that's my opinion on it. And we're going to keep talking about it because, you know, parents need to be aware of it. You parents in, in red districts, uh you know, it's coming your way. Keep your head on a swivel. Pay attention. All right. Uh, the Here is our, our Marxist update. You ready for this? Oh, we're going to go to San Francisco for this. San Francisco supervisor, Dean Preston. Oh, man. He's going to give us a bad name. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, I'm not going to. I'm just going to call him Preston. I, I, I can't call him Dean. San Francisco Supervisor Preston, a self-proclaimed democratic socialist, blamed capitalism for the city's homelessness and drug problems and said the city's policies have been inconsistent. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, the Marxist updates. They Do they just think we're buffoons? I mean, I don't know. Maybe the people out there in San Francisco are buying this. Oh, did you see what Supervisor Preston said that uh, that, that the city's homelessness and, and drug problems? Well, it's it's the fault of capitalism. Well, that evil capitalism. <laughs> oh man! In a new investigative documentary by the United Kingdom outlet Unheard, Preston said what is occurring in the troubled neighborhood of Tenderloin. What? That's the name of your neighborhood. <laughs> Tenderloin. No wonder it's troubled. Uh, in, in Tenderloin, where open-air drug markets are often found, uh, Preston says that the problem is absolutely the result of capitalism and what happens in capitalism to the people at the bottom rungs. Oh, man, Preston. Woo, you are a democratic socialist, but you're a Marxist. Let's just take out democratic socialist and let's just call you what you are. You are a Marxist. Uh, and, and you believe that the open air drug market is, is the result of capitalism. Okay. I mean, uh, everyone is entitled to, to buffoonery. I mean, they are. They're entitled. 
Preston represents District 5, which covers embattled neighborhoods such as Tender, Tenderloin, Tenderloin, along with Japantown, Western Edition, Hyatt Ashbury. Okay. He said the crisis in neighborhoods such as Tenderloin are the result of people struggling financially in a capitalist world. All right. So people can struggle in, in, a, in a capitalist society without a doubt. But uh, if if they're not uh, pressed down by the thumb of a socialist government, which it, it exists in San Francisco, if they're not pressed down by the thumb of a Marxist government, capitalism is their only way out. It's it's their only way out, Preston. Buddy boy, what uh, school of economics did you go to? Oh, Preston continues. The biggest driver of why folks are on the street is because they lost their jobs, income, or were evicted from their homes, usually for not being able to pay the rent. So you have major landlords literally causing folks to lose their homes and real estate speculation, making it impossible for folks to find it, find an affordable place to live. Oh, it's the evil landlords. Major landlords literally causing folks to lose their home. All right. Forget the fact that they, I guess he's not forgetting the fact. He does say they've lost their jobs or they've lost their income, right? So forget the fact that businesses are leaving San Francisco because of the policies of the government in San Francisco, the policies of that local government, which virtually make it impossible currently at this point in time for a business to operate, for a business to actually function. Right? Anybody can come in there and just go downtown and just smash a window and then go take what they want or they just walk in. And they just, I mean, you've, you've seen the videos. We've all seen the videos. You know, people just grabbing clothes off the, off the racks. I mean, you, you see these, these, these major brand stores shuttering their doors in San Francisco because they cannot afford to stay open. Right? Nobody wants to go shopping in, in a business in San Francisco when you've got people outside on the sidewalk defecating. When you've got people outside on the sidewalk literally taking a crap and then walking away and just leaving that pile of crap there. <laughs> no, you know, your businesses are going to close. I mean, you know, we talked about this last week, this, the, the great debate between DeSantis and Newsom and DeSantis breaks out this, this, this plot map, this map that's, that has plotted all the, all the fecal matter, the human fecal matter that is, that's all over San Francisco. Uh, but but Preston, I know that's that that's that's perfectly fine. That's that's not the fault. The fault is the evil landlords are causing folks to lose their homes. It's evil capitalism. It's not the government's decision to refuse to clean up the waste. Of course, you can clean it up when your boss comes into town. You know, once once Chairman G rolls in, then boom, by golly, we got to get this place spotless. Then you can clean it up. Then it's perfectly okay. Oh, the Marxists are just, I don't understand. Uh, unheard asked Preston if he felt safe walking around in his represented district. He replied, I don't think 
every instance of poverty or addiction or behavioral health issue is a safety threat to someone walking by. I mean, there's a lot of people who are doing things that are very harmful to themselves on the streets who aren't necessarily a safety threat. Yet later on in the article, uh, Preston says, uh, it, it says, the, the, the article says, this fall, San Francisco and state police partnered with the FBI, Drug Enforcement, Bureau, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, other federal agencies to increase arrests of drug dealers and suppliers near federal buildings and make on-spot arrests and tenderloin. And here's what Preston said today. Arresting drug users has not made our city any safer. It's actually made it less safe. It increases overdoses. Right. So arresting drug users has made the city less safe because it's increased overdoses. Yet in the article or in his comment previously, he said there's a lot of people who are doing things that are very harmful to themselves on the streets who aren't necessarily a safety threat. So he's talking out of both sides of his of his, mm. but he's a Marxist, and that's what Marxists do. They, um, that's what they do. You know, they they're going to talk to to whatever is going to, um, you know, whatever's going to fit their narrative, and even if it's the opposite thing that they just said thirty seconds ago, it doesn't matter if it's going to fit their narrative and whatever they're saying, you know, because ultimately they're lying. They're lying to you. Uh, and and so they 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 don't have the wherewithal to to check what they just said because that was a lie and now what they're saying is a lie, which this leads us into history class, December fifteenth today, my friends is the anniversary of something special. Uh, it is the anniversary of the ratification of the Bill of Rights. Uh huh. Take that, Preston. Yeah, there's actually this thing called the Bill of Rights. During the battle to ratify the U.S. Constitution, many Americans worried that the founding document failed to list specific rights to be protected against abuse of power. Thomas Jefferson, who generally approved of the new Constitution, put voice to that view when he wrote to James Madison, quote, a bill of rights is what the people are entitled to against every government on earth and what no just government should refuse. To gain support for the Constitution, Federalists agreed to add amendments protecting personal liberties. To gain support, Federalists agreed to add amendments. Madison was one of those who had considered a list of protected rights unnecessary. He believed the Constitution, as written, gave the federal government no power to violate citizens' liberties at all whatsoever. He also worried that listing specific rights might imply that the government could limit rights not listed. Nevertheless, when the first Congress met in New York in 1789, he set about crafting a set of amendments. And here's what he said. If we can make the Constitution better in the opinion of those who are opposed to it, without weakening its frame or bridging its usefulness in the judgment of those who are attached to it, we act the part of wise and liberal men to make such alterations as shall produce the effect. So this is a point in time when, when 
governing was truly done for the betterment of the country. Here, Madison does not want to add rights. He doesn't. He doesn't want to add a bill of rights, and his reasoning is sound. Um, you know, he he's saying that if if we do this, then I'm worried uh, that this might imply that the government uh, could limit rights not listed. Are we going to list every single right? But nevertheless, he said, if we can make the Constitution better in the opinion of those who oppose it without weakening its frame or bridging its usefulness, then we act the part of wise and liberal men to, to make this, this compromise. If, if, we can, if we can appease the other side without weakening the Constitution, then, okay, let's do it. Let's, let's have this, this compromise. And that's, uh, governing really isn't, isn't done that way anymore. I mean, especially in San Francisco, it's not done that way. Um, I mean, you know, in San, in, in San Francisco, uh, our policies are going to destroy the city, and then we're going to complain it's because of capitalism. And we're going to lie to the people and complain it's because of, of, of capitalism. December 15th, 1791, Virginia became the last state needed for ratification, and the Bill of Rights went into effect. Those first 10 amendments to the U.S. Constitution, preserving such cherished rights as freedom of speech, press, and religion, lie at the heart of Americans' faith in limited government and the rule of law. And that portion comes out of the American Patriots' Almanac. We have much to be grateful for today. We live in the most blessed, freest country on the planet, and I'm happy to be a part of it. And I'm, I'm happy you're a part of it, too. That's all the time we have for today, America. Thank you for joining me. Encourage your friends and family to get on the Dean's List. Let's unite to renovate the age. <laughs>